welcome to the Lovely Radical podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and Lovely Radical is a mission that for me began many years ago, wanting to retain the ability to be lovely whilst also being a radical agent for change and transformation in my own reality and that of those who are ready for more. I'm a life and business coach helping people all around the world become the leaders of their own lives, a master practitioner of hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, and something incredible called emotional change technique. I've taught around the world and for the last five years coached people across five continents and helped them remove their barriers to finding their soulmates, healing their bodies, and making 10K months or more in their businesses. Because the key I've found lies in our unconscious mind, here we will discuss many things around mindset, communication, business strategy, real self-love, manifestation, language, and so much more. Many of these topics have been requested by you, and we will discuss with some dear friends of mine who may pop in from time to time. This is a no-filter zone, and some of the content may trigger you, and that's great. Did you know that our triggers are actually the pathway to our desires? And we are usually triggered by things that are unfamiliar and that we haven't yet made sense of. And if knowledge is power, imagine if you have the wrong knowledge and that's why you feel stuck. If you're looking for ways to take this knowledge to a higher level, you can connect with me anytime and ask about LRA, my coaching academy. So step into the arena, lean into the knowledge to integrate the light and the dark, spirituality and business, and let's have some fun while we create a better life than we could have possibly imagined together. Cool. So I... We'd love to introduce you all to this gentleman. His name is Joseph and his friends know him as Purpose. And he is a US veteran and a motiv- motivational speaker and just an absolute vibe on all the social media platforms. I've really enjoyed stumbling across your content. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I Absolutely. really appreciate it. Thank you. I, I, I enjoy this. I like, I like doing podcasts. It's fun. It's more personal. Yeah. More personal. And it's great just to connect with people from all walks of life all across the world who are taking this personal responsibility piece on. And I know we'll get into it, but yeah, we were just both talking off camera about how powerful it's been for both of our healing journeys. And I've noticed as someone who coaches people who it's usually the last piece that they want to do is, (laughs) yeah. But before we get into it, I would love for you to tell us a bit about your story, like maybe a bit about your life and and what led you to what you're doing now. Oh wow, that's um, it's it's an interesting story. Um, when I was young, I can start I can start there. <laughs> I was a special ed student, right? I I was labeled mentally uneducable at that time, mentally retarded. They used mm. the word back, and um, so I couldn't read or write, and then. I think when I got about 20, I, I think I was reading on like a fourth grade level, fifth grade level. No, excuse me. When I was 18, I was reading on a fifth grade level. Mm. And uh, I got out of special ed and I wanted to go mainstream because they didn't, at that time, they didn't give you uh, diplomas. They would give you certificates yeah. and you couldn't graduate with everybody. So you had to have a small graduation and it was like in the cafeteria. Yeah, And I said, I don't want that. Yeah. And that, that's what led me to say, no, I'm going to do it. And I took my, I took a dictionary yeah. and I took a dictionary, taught myself how to read. So I knew then that I could do anything. Right. Mm. I stopped listening to people. And when people mm. were telling me stuff, I knew that people didn't know more than me. So I went in the military, um, did amazing there. And I actually went in the military to get away from my, I had a toxic family. Mm. So I, I wanted to get away and test my and see what type of man I am, right? So I went in the middle. I enjoyed it. And it was some hard times, but I got a chance to get away. Yeah. I went to Iraq and I served. I did one tour in Iraq. And 
that's when the trouble started hit. Everything was hard until I got there. Once I got there, um, stuff, you know, it, it was it was a hard tour, mm. very hard. It took a toll on me. After that, I met my wife. I met my ex-wife. Mm. And I wish I would have taken a break and got to know who I am. And there's something about going through traumatic traumas that make you think. I knew something wasn't right. I had PTSD and uh, traumatic brain injury. And there's something about those traumas that bring up other stuff. So it, it made, it didn't, and and it didn't give me a chance to take a moment, Mm -hmm. assess it and make sure everything's okay. I didn't do that. Met my ex-wife. We ended up, we ended up getting married and we had children and on to the rat races. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. We, I think we were married for like 13, 14 years. And she left. And so it left me devastated. And this is how Purpose and Resilience came along. Yeah. And I tell people, Purpose and Resilience is only 18 months old. Mm-hmm. Even though the, the expansive and the explosive success of it, it's only 18 months old. It's not even two years yet. Yeah. And um, so I decided when she left, to go on my healing journey. Why did I do that? Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Because I knew something was going on. So she left me this day, said, hey, I can't do this no more. She left me. And that was in 2018. Uh, I thought I was going to do something really stupid to myself because what I did was, like most people, I was defined by the struggle Mm -hmm. and I was defined by someone else. Somebody else was allowed to define who I was. So I was defined by being a provider. So to my ex-wife, I put on a pedestal. I, you know, I, you know, I, it, she was everything to me. So whatever I, whatever she said I was, I was. Mm. I didn't have any friends uh, unless she was, she approved it. And I lived my life like that, yeah. right? But I was incredibly argumentative. And I thought if I would, don't cheat, pay the bills. That's it. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> once she left, right, it, it, it was like, aha, you got that moment of exposure. Mm-hmm. And I had that moment of exposure where all my secrets was there. And it was like me, you know, the king with no clothes. You're trying to like, oh, oh I'm trying to figure something out. Mm-hmm. The greatest thing in the world for me, because now I couldn't lie to myself. Now I knew that I was messed up. So I took on this self-improvement. I went to the Omega Institute uh, and went there. And Claude Anton Thomas said, if you can be anybody, learn learn to be yourself. Mm. Well, to improve, you don't know who you are. I said, well, who the heck that is? Who is that person then? I don't know who I am. And so I went on this discovery to find who I was. So I got off of social media. Um, I went to the worked out. I was like 375 pounds at the time. Mm. I got off of social media. I stopped dating, um, stopped drinking. I, I didn't eat out. I, I stopped everything. I started just cooking my own foods. And what I found out was I enjoyed life. Yeah. I figured it out, but it was painful. Yep. Oh my gosh. Because it was like, you gotta, it's like, you know, every day was an image, you know, like that you was something you did that it's like you looking at yourself and you're like, it's, a, it's like it's replaying and you're looking at yourself, you're like, oh, it's not, I did that. Ah, I didn't want to do that. And you cringe every day mm. because, like you said, it was the last piece. Everybody else starts, you know, and nobody told me it was, you know, no, yeah. no, you wait, you don't do self-improvement. You do self-improvement last. You do everything yeah. else. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Cause I was crying every day. I was like, Oh my God, I, I can't believe I didn't define myself. And I was crying every day. And it was like, it was terrible, yeah. you know? Cause I was, I had to get used to being alone. Mm. I had to get used to not having any distractions. I had to get used to the 
chaotic in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I had to get used to the voices that you hear with it. You know, to tell you you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Childhood trauma came up. I started having remembering the things that happened to me as a child. And I mean, vividly, like, oh, man, I remember what this happened. I remember my mother did this. I remember my mother. And, I, and it wasn't that I just remembered. I remembered how I felt. And, I, and here's, here's the crazy part. You take away the distraction. You got to live in that moment. Mm-hmm. You got to process it. So I ended up going to therapy. I got an amazing therapist. Um, then I found out I had a food addiction. and even an Amazon addiction, like most people. Yeah. And we all got something. <laughs> yeah, we got something. So I started working on myself. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to be my authentic self. And I started to be the type of person I am today. Do I get it right? Not all the time. Am I a little bit direct? Yeah, I'm direct because people do a lot of things to themselves. Yeah. And um, that was where Purpose and Resilience was, was born. Yeah. And, um, it was, it's been an amazing ride. I mean, I still can't keep up with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't, I cannot keep up with it. And, it, and it's growing and I meet so many people and I'm like, and to me, I'll be thinking I'm harsh. I'll be like, when I go back and read my, look at my videos, I'll be like, oh, wow. Yeah. But it was something someone did to me and I'm glad that they were harsh. So yes. Yeah. 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 And that's, I think that's the piece. And some of my content can be quite harsh and forceful as well. Cause I play, yeah. I play with the polarities of the masculine and the feminine a lot, but a lot of the time it's just that I'm seeing a past version of myself and I'm kind of sick of it. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, you can yeah. do this. Like, yeah. sort your shit out. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes mine's like that as well. And I'm, it just is what it is. Cause it's what I needed to snap me out of that victim drama mode of why me yeah. yeah um i love that you touched on the definition piece and like it's what i teach people is like we never get taught who like we don't get taught who we are and we don't actually get taught how to learn who we are and we don't get any time to do it and so i think i heard you say recently so many of you give your definition up to somebody else and so You've mentioned a few things already in what you did. What do you think is a really powerful thing to start creating your definition or your purpose? Um, the first thing you gotta you have to do is you have to acknowledge that you did hmm. that, and you have to acknowledge the feeling of it. Yeah. How did it feel to know that you allowed somebody to misscrew your life and your words and how you feel and who you are, and once you acknowledge that, do you accept the definition? Mm. And do you accept the fact that that person controls you? Mm. They, own you. they can say you're a piece of crap person today. Yeah. Are you okay with it? Yeah. And the moment you start to, to see that and break it down, you're not going to like it. Now, if you accept it, if you're one of those people who say, yeah, I'm accepted. And then you have to take out the piece of paper of life and a pen and piece of paper of life and say, what am I? And if you have no clue, it's okay to have a blank piece of paper and say, I have no clue. Mm -hmm. That's better than you trying to remodel. Sometimes starting scratch is the best thing. And that's what I did, you know? And if you say, I don't know, then okay, what do you want your life to look like? And you write it down and say, I, I put mine on a piece of uh, paper and put it on the door. This is my definition. And I never allowed anybody to tell me otherwise or to m- m- remix it or mm. to put any or add anything in something that I did not define myself by. But you got to find, you have to see, you have to be honest with yourself. Do yeah. you like it? And if you don't change it, I, change it. I love that. Yeah. Um, I also heard you say recently, um, and you were speaking into like confidence for men, I think. And you said there are a lot of men saying that they don't want a relationship or they don't need someone, but that you wouldn't need to say it if you didn't, you'd just get on with it. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember yeah. saying that, but I see it. So I create some videos about like, we've got a bit of a, a mating crisis going on. No one's really being with each other at all. It's a whole rabbit hole, but 
um, there's always a lot of people in the comments being like, yeah, screw it. I'm like, I'm staying single forever. And it's interesting to witness. Um, and I also heard you say something about men respond to resistance. That's why the gym's so powerful. So yeah. I'd love to hear like your take on like in a world where many men are feeling defeated, um, whether it's by their past or the world and what's happening in all the aspects, like how can a man rebuild himself and rebuild confidence and create that resistance to potentially have a great relationship? It's easy. It's, it's, it's 100% easy. And a lot of men make it difficult mm. because they, 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 they have viewed the world as being complex. Nothing in nature is complex. Mm. A tree has a certain load. It has a weight load, a weight bearing. It was born with its limitations of how much it can carry, mm. right? People are no different. If men was to say, I need to rebuild his life. And you say, okay, I'm going to take it apart. And what, what, you know, I'm sure you did the same thing I did. You get excited. You get all ready and ready for self-improvement, self-development. Ah, you're going to take on all, all the these fun challenges. stuff. Life's yeah, getting so much better. Exactly. <laughs> right? And it don't happen that way. <laughs> because you're like, wait a minute, I got I to gotta do this childhood trauma thing? Yes, you got to do this. <laughs> what you do is you take all the stuff. If men would start just one place the gym and why do i say the gym is because men do respond to resistance and what happens is you give the body exactly what you as a man need mm -hmm. it's not resistance with emotions it's with the body and you start with the body right if you have to lose weight you start and say i can change this if you if you take the things in your in your hand that you you can change Emotions and stuff takes a little bit of time. You know that, and I know that. But one of the things you can see immediate results is the body. And also something about having resistance in your arm and pushing up. If you start with 25 pounds, you grow. And you start to see and feel different with immediate results. Hmm. If I would have took the spiritual way of self-improvement, it would have made it take me two to three years. Yeah. If I would have took the motions, it would have took me another two. But if I would have, if I start with the body, then I can see immediate results in 30 days. Yeah. And that's what I did. Mm. So resistance not only conditioned my body, but it conditioned my mind. And it got me back to who I am as nature. If I can only lift the body, my only get, max body can lift 800 pounds. That's what I can. Mm. But if I'm starting with 25, I have so long of a stress to go to 800 pounds. Mm. But it's that journey within there and the resistance in that that builds you up. Mm. So when you listen to people who say, I don't want to date or I don't want a relationship and to get back to that, they are afraid mm. because they don't have, they have lack of a belief in themselves mm. and they are looking for certainty. But with resistance, there is so much uncertainty. You, you and I know you go in the gym today, you may can you lifting 30, 40 pounds. But somewhere, and today may not be today, but it's that resistance and knowing that the gym will always be undefeated, weights will always be undefeated, that makes you always want to conquer yourself. And so when you start with the body, you start with resistance, it makes it okay to say, if I get in the next relationship, if she doesn't want to be with me, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I, I got to put myself first. And it makes it, and it, and it makes you have a foundation. And if men go back to building foundations for themselves, it's not for a family. We know that. Hmm. But for yourself first. And putting yourself first. Then when you date a woman, it makes it so wonderfully easy to be in a relationship because there's no complexity. She doesn't have to worry about you yeah. because you're taking care of all that. You have built that resistance and that, and that stretch of your mind and your muscle to be able to endure. Mm. But it also makes you less tolerant. You're like, I'm not going to accept this. Mm. I have a standard. Yeah. And that's why I say men should start with the gym first. If you don't do anything, but just walk on a treadmill. Yeah. 
That's why I say start with the gym. It builds so much more in there. I love that. And it's, that was a big part of my journey as well. Like I had a lot of chronic health issues and mental health stuff and all the labels that were given to me throughout my twenties. And I don't believe if, if I hadn't gotten my health in a good space, I don't think I could have gone to the depths of the emotional stuff. And that just came up naturally. Like the healthier I got, I was like, Oh, Oh, this is coming to the surface. But it's like you said, you've created that foundation. You can handle it more because you know, you're good. You know, the capabilities of you. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. And I tell people that I tell men, you can't handle it. Don't start with emotions. Like hmm. I, I tell, I, I'm, I'm really big on going to therapy, but I didn't start with therapy first hmm. because I have to be able to handle that. And the emotion takes more out. If I would have started with emotion, I would have never, I would have probably still would have been broken and still would have been in a bad place. But because I started with the gym, it was able to build up my resistance to be able to handle when the load of emotions come, emotions come in. So when I got a divorce, it was like, oh, today I got to show up in court. All right, cool. All right. That's it. Take care. Yeah. I wasn't crying. I went out for ice cream the same day. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So if I would have still, it, that's why I say, if you tell men, like when we, like my buddy, he's into, you know, men's mental health. We cannot tell men to handle emotion. That's the worst way to do it. Yeah. You got to do the body to handle the emotion. If you do it that way, you, I think you'll have a results. Yeah. And there's, I think there's a big expectation. Like I, I talk a lot into the, how the feminist movements kind of become a bit toxic and it's, you know, we now want men to be all the things, including emotionally intelligent, <laughs> Except the way that a man deals with emotions doesn't look the same as the way that a woman deals with with emotions. Like they don't necessarily have to go to big circles and sit and have the incense (laughs) burned all over the place. Like, and it's fine. Like there's so many different ways. So I love that you touched on that. And also, I don't know if this was your experience, but even just getting to somewhere like the gym gets you on a different table. It gets you in a different like community environment. I would imagine either rather than being with the people who are drinking every weekend or at home on your own, how important is that community piece, the quality of community that you're in? Do you think? It's it's one of the biggest things. And here's why. Everybody in the gym is on the same page, self-improvement. Nobody's judging anybody. How can you judge someone when you're in there because you're not perfect? Mm. And especially the gym I go, I go to a really iron horse rough gym bodybuilder place no one's judging anyone yeah. it's a family oriented gym and when you start there when you start there you're going to build such a community because people when they don't see you there they're like hey I missed you the other day man and they're, they're sending you DMs hey buddy uh, hey what's going on everything's okay and it builds a camaraderie of people of support and it's not like People who want to go out drinking, you know, hey, that's okay for them to do that. But then if you build somebody where you are, where you are improving in your life, it's so needed yes. because self-improvement is extremely low, extremely. And it's almost rare that you find somebody that can be there with you, especially in the first initial steps, mm. especially when you you know, you, you're sorting your life out, yeah. you know, that's uh, dark and not, not, not too happy all the time. <laughs> it's, and I tell people, that's why I created self-improvement university, mm-hmm. because it's like, Hey, I want you to have a group of people who, a group of people who y'all are on the same page. And my, my, my self-improvement child is extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, here, like drill sergeant, to get you to understand and to build up the camaraderie so you understand that you're not in this alone and you're all going through support. So when you cry, that person cries. So, and, and when you, because like we, me and you know this, you know, when you picking apart everything, it's the worst part. You just like, man, my life is over. I don't know. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. And you cry and you mad and then you upset and then you're like, I don't even want to drink. I don't even want to drink. <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm just, oh, what, am I, what am I doing today? 
way. And it's like it's the it's the calm, it's the it's the storm before the calm. Mm. But back, you know? And it's like, oh man, you go through all this crap in the beginning, but then when you start to work on it and chip away and pick apart and do this and and take this and say, okay, I'll deal with this later. I'll deal with this now. I'll deal with this. But the foundation to me for men, and I think for anybody, I don't even like to be like that, is the gym. You have to have that. Yes. And now and self-improvement is the most unpopular thing. So I make content like that. I was surprised I even blew up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but people don't do that, you know? Yeah. And it's awesome that it is really starting to blow up now because I think a lot of people are coming to that end point of like, oh, there's something I haven't done. It's probably the thing I'm refusing to face. And look, there's other people doing it. So that's why I appreciate your message so much. Um, I've heard you speak to men and women in your content, and I'd love to hear just in your experience, we won't get too like social issuey about it, um, but like how can women best support like their men or men in general to be the men they want to be in your thoughts? It, that's, a, um, that's an easy one for me. Don't enable them. If they come through my course, mm. don't enable them. You cannot, I, I, I tell women this and they get mad at me. Your, your nurturing hinders a man from growth. They don't, they don't like me saying, I'm dead serious. Mm. Your nurturing for a man has to stop. And because I, I say this, I use this analogy all the time. A woman can subconsciously turn a, ch- a man into a child. And she doesn't know she's doing it. And what I mean by that is you're supposed to lay down with this person every day to make a child, make a baby, make love, whatever the case may be. Mm. He's not your son. The world must issue him whoopings in order for a man to get it. Men are not rarely lied to, right? They're not. Women, women have a constant and consistent bombardment of lies told to them from the time they wake up and from the time they go to sleep and they don't know the truth. Mm. Men, on the other hand, you know, so it's the world is hard. So you can't soften the blow of the world because he doesn't work like that. What you can do as a woman is to stand on, on the sidelines and cheer him on and then cheer for him at the finish line once he completes his task or what he needs to. But the moment you enable him, oh, it's okay, honey. Oh, you know, you you gained a thousand pounds. It's okay. That's what I heard. You don't say anything. Yeah. And what happens is he becomes a shell of a man and he becomes argumentative. He becomes passive aggressive. He doesn't know who he is anymore. He has no definition of purpose anymore. He doesn't have a purpose. He's waiting for you to tell him. And now he's mad and upset because you keep changing the definition of who he is. Mm. It's never defined who, it, who he is. Yeah. And we don't benefit from weak men. We don't. Yeah. We benefit as a whole, as a society, from strong men. We do not benefit from men not knowing who their purpose are. That's why you have a lot so many men who need multiple women. You know, you mm. oh, I got to have this. I got to have that one. I got this one. I'm unsatisfied. I'm unfulfilled because you are a child. Mm. Because your mama said you was good at everything. Mm. And no one told you the truth. Like, hey, man, you can't sing. Prime example. How many times you looked at the American Idol and this person, person with their mother and their mother said, baby, you can, you can sing, you can sing. And they get out there and they're terrible. Yeah. Their mother told them that they were great. Yes, you're great in your mother's eyes. Mm. But in reality, you're not. Yeah. So... And that's kind of great news. Like you get to grow, like you get to work on something. And yeah, you touched on the multiple women thing. And there's again, another massive rabbit hole, but there is such a thing in society where there is like a few amount of men who are capitalizing on lots of women, but then the women are upset except the women. And I love this quote, like women are the gatekeepers to sex and men will rise to the standards at which they set, except women aren't setting a very high standard for the thing that men essentially want. And so we've got this problem. And then a lot of all the rest of the people are just tapping out being like, it's too hard. <laughs> and exactly. everyone's complaining. It's like, but everyone could just adjust their behavior slightly. And it's hard. I agree. And we'd I agree. have 
a total like it is very simple i love that you say that a lot um i heard you say recently again that men are saying things like women need to submit and then you were challenging the men on have you submitted to your purpose and i love that and the same could be for women whatever women are saying men need to be how are they being that for themselves super it's a big concept that i teach um and we're seeing things like i know in the states like 60 percent of men are actually leaving the workforce there's large numbers who aren't dating aren't doing having anything to do with women because of you know this world that we're co-creating together and feminism and new age society and all the things but i don't think it's how... feminism though. what's that i don't think it's feminism no I, you know i don't think it I, you know what i think it is i think it's we are paralyzed mm. we i think it's over saturated amount of information from wrong sources yeah and i see a lot of men who say oh i don't want to date anymore because and if you ask them well give me an example the last time you had a terrible woman or whatever they'll give me some example something that happened when they're teenage years mm. and, and then what happens is and i've seen this all the time they will send me links to people's YouTube channels of what women are saying. And it's like, <laughs> listen, it's social media. <laughs> They're not telling the truth. And it's to get clicks and likes because they can get paid for it. Yeah. So if you remove, if let's say if we go back to YouTube where you wasn't getting paid for that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You made the content and you wasn't getting likes, you wasn't getting the money you're getting, and they made it made it the way it was you wouldn't see none of this content mm. a lot of men are absorbing ridiculous amounts of toxic content mm. that is distorting them as to what women are and what they want that woman is saying what she wants unfortunately it's probably not even true she's just using it for clicks clicks and likes and cessationism because that's the world we live in now. People yeah. want to see people get beat up more than people people be in love. Mm -hmm. So now we're in this. It's not feminism because yeah. there's nothing wrong with women standing up for it's their. It's not right. one wow. side or the other. It's just lots yeah. of stories that people have shared instead of just dealing with healing the story or changing exactly. the story. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think it is. I don't think it's feminism or you know whatever the man side of or red pill stuff which i, I don't agree and mm. what it is is people are in pain and people go to this content and they absorb this content but they don't understand that that's one side of the coin like somebody told me i don't hold the door for no woman i'm i don't know that because women don't like that and i'm like where did you get that from i like that <laughs> Here's this is what I challenged them. I just did this about two days ago. I don't hold the door because women don't like that. They just say they this. I said, okay. When the last time you held the door for a woman? He said, oh, I did it the other day. I said, okay. What did she say? Thank you. Oh, so what he said online doesn't apply to that woman, correct? He was like, yeah. So why are you holding her to a standard from a woman online? Mm, yeah, I agree. I tell people I agree with feminism. I agree with this. You should be equal. Equal. I should agree oh, that yeah. nobody should tell you what to do. The core, the core, core purpose of that is great. <laughs> you know, now when you get into the men bashing and men need to now, now that's when it starts to veer off. But the core of feminism is 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 righteous and pure. It's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So if men get back and start to say, "I need to have my own mind." Mm. Because I was like that. I went through that period. I had a red pill period where I listened to this stuff online. I was in a broken place. It feels place. good. Like, it, oh, yes, there's a reason that I'm a victim. <laughs> exactly. It teaches the victim mentality and it keeps you in it, yeah. you know, and it tells you, hey, that all hope is lost. Mm. And it wasn't until I broke free from that and I realized this stuff is full of it. Mm. It doesn't apply to real life and it doesn't apply to me. Mm. So when you when you kind of take the rose colored glasses off of this stuff, you see it for what it is. Yeah. It's not really real. People are just hurting, and there and there's people out there capitalizing off whatever stage people are in their life, mm -hmm. and people like us that 
talk about self-improvement. They're like, oh, no, no. They're ready to, you know, stone us because we're like, hey, look, don't you want to be free? Yeah. Free yourself. You could actually choose to feel better. Who you want. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think that we need to just take a step back and actually we need to tell people stop absorbing content. Like in my class, I, I tell people for the next 30 days, you're not allowed to watch social media. Mm. None of any kind. And when I did that, I found out that a lot of people got their thoughts back. Mm. They were like, oh, God, I never thought I didn't. I, I'm eating less. Why am I eating this? I don't like this. Or I'm eating that. Or I'm eating healthier. I'm not going out as much. I'm not being as impulsive. Mm. Oh, man. They're getting their life back. So I just think it's social media. People just need to stop watching certain things. Absolutely. So it's, it's not it's not healthy. Yeah. And I love that you touch on that because it's, it's also like social media can be such a toxic thing, but it can also be such a tool. And that was what really started my journey years ago is that I realized I was getting more of what I chose to click on and watch. So I started like actively and I do this with my clients. I'm like, cool, we do a detox phase and then we do a cleanup phase where it's like you have to unfollow every news cycle, every person who's teaching about narcissism and gaslighting and all of these things, like just get like unfollow all of it, remove all of it, say no to all of it and start clicking on. I give them playlists for like motivational videos and speeches. And, and it's when you clean that up, you teach the algorithm, the new you. And then like I jump on so my social media now, it's just like sunshine and roses and motivation and inspiration. So you can kind of flip it and make it work for you. But yeah, it's, it, it's a big thing that the, yeah, I kind of speak a, a lot against. And it's there's a there's a powerful piece, I think, in finding the victim mentality for a moment to realize, oh, it's not just happening to me. It's actually just a, a human experience. And I could go down the rabbit hole of all the reasons why and how to be aware of it. Or I could turn that off and just go, why did this happen for me? For me and how can I grow from it? Um, you did a live recently and you talked about a concept of the servant, the king and the conqueror. And I'd love for you to tell that story or talk into that a little bit. Yeah. So you can choose, right. And and I revamped it earlier. Hmm. You can choose to be a servant, a king or a conqueror. Right. And one of the things that I try to teach men is that a lot of us know how to serve, right. We know how to be a king, but the greatest thing is you can be a conqueror. Mm -hmm. That's what you're designed to do. As a man, you're designed to conquer. As a woman, you're designed to conquer. Somebody mixed it up. And what happens is we're supposed to only have very little servant. I was just talking about this with my buddy because he wanted me to explain. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that everybody's called themselves kings. Everybody. Yep. Right. Everybody's a king and everybody's a queen. Kings right? and queens, except they're not exactly. <laughs> behaving exactly. as such. Exactly. And, but most of them are servants. Mm. Because servants are the first, first closest thing to a king. There's very few, if you look through history, conquerors. People who actually rise to the, 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 the um, I think her name is Vladder. Um, I'm saying her name wrong. Sure. I just read about it last night, but it's a woman conqueror. right? She's considered a conqueror. She has conquered kings. Here's the thing. We talk about Conan, the barbarian. He's a conqueror. That's a fictional character, right? But we talk about some of the um, Ragnarok, Ragnar Lofbrook, who's Mm -hmm. um, Viking. He was a conqueror of kings. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. It's a huge difference. It's because you see something wrong and you say, I need to change it. Mm -hmm. I always use Thanos as a conqueror. You didn't see Thanos the king. He was a conqueror. There's a problem. There's a problem that I don't like, and I'm going to conquer it. But you, in order for you to be a conqueror, you have to conquer yourself. Yes. Before you can do anything, before you can ask something from somebody, before you go do anything for somebody, you must also serve. You must know how to serve. You must also know how to be a king to know that that's not what you want to do in order for you to be a conqueror. Genghis Khan, another one, conqueror. Confucius was a conqueror, even though he was a general, conqueror. General Zane, conqueror. These are the people that we remember in history. 
because they made such a paramount and pivotal movement inside who they are, but they conquered themselves. So if you tell a woman, say, stop trying to be a king and be a conqueror, she looks at life differently. You can instantly turn that crap on because you know exactly what a conqueror is. You know it because that's what you were born to do. I hate to use Bible because I don't like religion. I don't like religion too much. But even in the in the Bible, God was a conqueror. Yeah. He had to say, let there be light. Mm. He didn't say, well, I'm a God, I can do. No, he was a conqueror. So there had to be something there. Mm. So conquerors are always marveled in histories. Achilles, conqueror. How do I know these names off the top of my head? It's because they were conquerors. Mm. Conqueror, Capata, Pata was a conqueror. Yeah. Right. And people don't understand this. And people are like, oh, no. But what about a uh, king? Or uh, uh, you can't name a king because there's so many. Yeah. And I there's usually name- terrible stories about them for the most exactly. part. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But the conquerors, you come in and said, Pete, it was every time a conqueror took over, mm-hmm. it was always better. Yeah. He left it better than what it was. Yeah. He, he did what he needed to do. So you can't you have to pick one. Yeah. Most people are servants and they're calling themselves a king yeah. because that's the great, that's their limitation. Hmm. I want you to be a conqueror. I want you to conquer yourself because you got to start with yourself. You yeah. have to know your own savagery and your own cruelty. As my brother say all the time, you, you say you have to know your own cruelty to be able to understand others. Hmm. And you have to, your cruelty, that's why how you will know your compassion. That's how you get compassion for people yeah. because you understand the capabilities of your own cruelty. So I tell people, I want you to be a conqueror. Like King Leonidas, one of my favorite conqueror. Hmm. Spartans was a conqueror. And they trained everybody to be conquerors. Hmm. So if you can't, you can have one a king, but you can have hundreds of conquerors and everybody can conquer their own piece or whatever. Yeah. Why not that be better? Yeah. Why that's not better? Yeah. I love that. And because you see, you know, name any social issue and there's a lot of people out there that'll be screaming about it and demanding that the world change. And perhaps there's a installation of like, I'm going to be the conqueror for this cause. And yet the only way that actually happens is, as you said, when we actually conquer ourselves, if we have a firm foundation within ourselves, we know who we are, then we can conquer any cause. The interesting thing I've noticed is most people who do that conquering of self then don't feel like they have to scream at the world to change yeah and um, they change yeah and that like i talk all the time a lot about the the ripple effect and and just the impact that w- doing that work in ourselves does for us um because it doesn't just do it for us it leads by example for like even just five people around us and then they lead by example for another 20 and that moves so fast. So I love that you touched on that. Um, which brings me to my final question, which I ask everyone because leadership and the, the word leadership was a big thing for me starting to the businesses that I do and all that um, because I'd seen it done really well and I'd seen it done really poorly. And leadership, you know, is whether you're leading one child or a corporation or the world. I'd love to hear what your experience or your thoughts of leadership are for you? Um, leadership is leadership is a complex thing because you got to say what if a lot, hmm. right? And I usually say, what if that was me? Hmm. Because I got to lead myself, you know? You got to be able to make the hard choices and you have to be okay with people not liking you, yes. you know? And that's the hardest part of anything is self-improvement. Even in my organization, I have to make the hard choices, even though people may not like them. And leadership, you have to understand that you're going to have, have to have enormous amount of self-esteem. Because the ability to please people have to be so due for the purpose. I believe in being on your purpose. I believe in your purpose being everything. And that means that relationship, that's anything. You must lead your life in order for you to be the better version of yourself. So that means that even if you were somebody today, 
and your life, you're leading your life on your purpose. Like you have the podcast, you're on your kind. You're, you may want to be in a stadium full of people. That means that you got to be a leader within your life. And that means that you're going to have to maybe Thanos snap somebody out of existence for you. And you have to be okay with it not being the best decision. And I've even had to do that. And I had to be okay with people not liking me. I had to be okay with people not liking my content. I get people sending me nasty grams all the time. Like you're too direct Mm -hmm. or you're this and you said this and I'm not going to get it right all the time. But that's, that's when the belt and the mantle and the definition of a leader has to be in your life. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to do certain things. So leadership is hard, Mm -hmm. but you got to be up for the task. And the thing is, most leaders don't know their leaders until they faced with it, you know, and the face with an impossible task only you can solve. And that task is yourself. So love that. And I mean that, you know, whether I said, like I said, it, whether you're leading a massive group of people or you're leading a, your own child in your own home, it kind of all comes across as the same thing, right? Like the more you know yourself, the more you can have a difficult conversation with your child rather than just pandering to whatever they want. Um, well, I'm sure there's different types of <laughs> parenting yeah. out there, but um, I've, from what I've witnessed and noticed is the parents even who do lead by example and, and bring that work back to them um, is so powerful for their children as well, which is awesome to start seeing. Um, what are you, what's happening for you in your world now? Like what are you working on and yeah, where can people find you and what you do? Oh, great. Um, I'm transitioning from TikTok and going from social media to actually YouTube. Great. So people can find me on YouTube purpose and resilience. Um, I'm going to be having my podcast come out there and it should be out in the end of the week. Um, I'm working on a really big project called project purpose. Mm -hmm. This is going to be the place where self-improvement, my self-improvement challenges are really going to have a home. Um, That's coming up in April. So I'm, I'm trying my best to get that done. Um, It's going to be an actual school a class where you will learn everything from how to be better with your finances, how to be better with your food, how to be working out. You're going to learn how to put yourself first. Mm. And it's nothing like my class. It's nothing like, and it's going to be for 30 days. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to that because this is going to be the last one before we actually put it out there to the mainstream and uh, have people, you know, people want to join and maybe do it every month or so. Mm. But, um, but yeah, purpose and resilience is really, really growing. It's growing faster than I can, I can imagine. I can't keep up with it. I cannot. Now it's true. You can, and you will. <laughs> and I love that you're releasing that program as well. It sounds very similar to the ones that I run, and it's just the baseline, right? It's it's health, it's mind, it's finances, it's connections, and how to communicate. And and when we learn that in ourselves, like everything just yeah. gets to expand. And and I want to talk. I want to, I want to put in there uh, relationships, but I'm trying to find a way to do that. But I may do that at the end for yeah. people to learn how to have a healthy relationship, how to forest a healthy relationship, and that that's going to be the pivotal piece for them. I need people to get that. They got to get that so they can be better. They have to be better, you know. Absolutely. So, I love that. And I, and the relationships pieces, it's one of my favorite to teach myself with my clients because it really comes down to communication and how different communication is between like the communication needs of men and women are so different. They're almost geared against each other on like a emotional, mental, but also even just like a chemical level. Like if yeah. a woman sounds aggressive, he's going to go into like survival on a chemical level. So it's like this really interesting push pull that we can learn to talk to each other in a different way and build together in a different way. So it's really, yeah, it's an awesome. That's hard. Yeah. You're talking about the heart. Now I start, I, (laughs) I didn't start with communication. (laughs) That's I'm there now trying to get that last piece. Like 
because it's so different. I'm learning, I'm reading different books about it and stuff, trying to get the different communication styles. Like I have a direct communication style. Yeah. And I call out people's behavior. I'm very big on that, especially if they do something um, to themselves. Yeah. When they mess up themselves, when they come to me, I'm like the final role and I'm not happy because you have done so much damage to yourself in the sake of other people that I'm I'm in your butt there. I'm yeah. like drill sergeant. I don't yeah. play. I'm a bit the same. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, delete all the dating apps, delete all the phone numbers, just we're going cold turkey on everything. And it works every time. You know what's crazy? I just told somebody, like, um, somebody got mad at me and they said, well, you got, I said on a live one day that I had 500, I had 500 applicants, but only 34 make it in my class graduate. And the lady said, well, you know, if you was a lot nicer, you will probably have more. I was like, that's not the intent. <laughs> the intent is not to have 500 because no one will like it if it's 500 people who graduate. Yeah. Like, oh, that must be easy. Yeah. The intent is to be hard, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes my experience, you got to charge them more money and then they actually do the work and value it because there's enough yeah. stuff in the game. <laughs> but people don't like when you say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want to get to is to start charging for it and to be able to say, okay, you're going to have to have the investment. And that's going to weed out so many people in the application process. Oh, yeah. It's great. I, and I'm really excited for you to start doing that. Um, I can't wait. See your invite. Watch. You come see it. Yeah. Amazing. That'd be great. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I, as I said, I love the message that you share and the way that you speak. It's incredibly powerful. And um, I'll make sure that all of your links are in the show notes um, so that people can find you and follow along and tune in as well. And to everyone else who listened in, we will catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you like this, please do us a favor and share it with your friends and maybe even give us a five-star review. And be sure to tag us on your socials when you listen so that we can send some love your way. If you'd like to learn more about how to work with myself and the Lovely Radical team inside the Academy, make sure you head over to our website at www.lovelyradical.net or send me a DM on Instagram for a chat. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.